Welcome to the Indian Prairie Podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Giovanni, Director of Innovation. And Candy Michelli, Director of Professional Learning. Today's episode, we will be discussing inclusion in our instructional practices. Joining us today, we have invited Rachel Wachowski from Peterson Elementary School and Cherry Fredericks from Granger Middle School to provide us with some insights on these topics. Welcome, Rachel and Cherry. Can you please introduce yourselves? Yeah, thanks so much for having us today. I'm Rachel Witkowski. I'm the Student Services Coordinator at Peterson. And I am Sherry Fredericks. I'm one of the assistant principals at Granger Middle School. We're super excited to have you guys here today. And I wanted to kind of set the stage for our listeners. Um, and we'll get into it in a little bit with our questions. But I also want everyone to know that you come to us with a wide variety of experiences within 204. And you've worked in several different buildings and several different positions. So as we go through today, I just want the, our listeners to know that you have gen ed perspective and student service perspectives at multiple levels, um, representing like all the different programs we have in our district. So with that said, let's start the conversation. And can you share with us what have your buildings done to promote inclusive instructional practices? So at Peterson, and really I had previously worked at Graham as well. So I know at their building as well, you know, we've worked really hard on our inclusive practices in all student regards. So if we think about our gifted students, we think of our special education students, we think of the equity lens, just really making sure we're celebrating student uniqueness, work, including everyone kind of in everything we're doing, making sure that they're able to participate. So, you know, we've worked really hard um, in the last couple of years, just, you know, our teachers wrote a grant, making sure that, that our books um, are representing all cultures. You know, we're really making sure that those structures for SEL are in place and supporting all learners through second step, making sure that things are enforced throughout the week with the different teaching that we're doing, and then being reinforced at all levels with, you know, the ELL teacher, our PA teacher, um, special education. So really just making sure that all those common things are hitting every student in our building. And at Granger, much like Rachel, so that inclusive instruction is really, the point of it is to aim to create feelings of belongings for all students. So whether it is special ed or Project Arrow and Math Excel classes, or, you know, we've spent a lot of time with, with some different levels of PD for our staff on cultural responsive teaching. So on Monday afternoons, we've spent some time getting together with small groups of staff members. And, and when I say small groups, it's a mix of a lot of different positions in the building. Even our, you know, our school secretaries, our custodian, were part of those small groups. And we had a wide range of activities that we could choose from, but meeting together with those groups so that our instructors in the building, right, our leaders in the building had a better understanding of how to, to make kids feel included. So I think when you talk about that inclusive instruction, it's it's a wide range in District 204, you know, goes from special ed all the way to our accelerated learners and everyone in between, just making mm -hmm. sure that they feel like they're part of their community and their group. You guys have started to hit on this a little bit, but how does your building and our district as a whole really kind of share in that ownership of all student learning? I think that, you know, just that constant co collaboration and that just from the top down, you know, just making sure that we've had that one for all, all for one kind of mentality really starting, um, I think, from the district leaders and then branching out to each of our buildings you know, really making sure that we put that belief then into our daily practice at school in all of our interactions, not only just with our staff members, but also with our students on that day-to-day -day basis. Just think that whole mantra of one for all, all for one. Um, and everybody, these are all of our kids. 
not just my kids in my classroom, not just my PA kids, not just my ELL students, but all of these students in our building. And I, I really truly think when, you know, I know Sherry and I have both been at a couple buildings. So I know that that's a full district approach because both buildings I, I've been in have really owned that. And I that. would agree. I've, I've been around the district since 1998 and it's always been known as a full inclusion district, right? We've always been really the leaders, I feel like, in, you know, making sure that all of our kids are, first of all, the kids are first, right? And that that full inclusion model is intact, regardless of, of the programming. Yeah, I think the district has always been a big, you know, supporter of that model. And I, I know a lot of families that move here because of it. Mm-hmm. So it's not just known, you know, with our staff, it's, it's known in our area that we are known for that. So it's something to be proud of for sure. And hearing some of what you're saying too is something, it's something we've been doing for a really long time. And when you do something for a long time, sometimes you have to put on those reflective glasses and think about those practices. What are some things that you can think of that are refreshing some of the systems and ways that we are looking at students and having them be part of our building culture and feeling that everyone's belong? Well, I think that's definitely something each year we are really working hard to do is refresh, revamp, not get in that same old, same old, you know, we don't just do it because we do it. You know, what kinds of things are we trying to put in place to make sure that that's still happening for kids year after year, right? A lot of our kids are, I mean, I'm a graduate from Wabanzi, so, you know, just being able to come back and know that it's just going to be that refreshing thing. So just different you know, professional development. I know that a lot of building leaders, you know, if you're interested in finding out more, they're going to help you do that. They're going to, you know, if you had an interest about say culturally responsive or meeting your um, English language learners, or, you know, like we said, all these different levels of inclusion, the special education, people are always willing to help you get that information and find out how you can be better for kids, right? That's always our goal. Like, what can we do now? This is getting stale. This isn't working. What can we, how can I look further? So I think that PD piece is really strong. I just think as teachers, we have had to really be flexible and embrace variety in our teaching that multimodal, like this year, if, if any year is going to be the year that we we've learned that this would be it. And our teachers have, I, I can speak for Peterson. I would imagine Sherry can do the same for Granger's just like have risen to this challenge. Right. And we're constantly differentiating for all of our kids in all these different ways, the rooming, the zooming, I mean, the things we're doing, teachers are just really working hard to make sure they're still reaching all those kids, you know, any way they need to. And like I said, I just think that that district support, that administrative support and how can we help you? What, what do you need? How can we get you there to make sure you're doing that and just provide all these opportunities for kids, you know, let their needs shine. So I I think that's kind of how we're helping teachers to do that and not to stay in the same old, same old. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely come. It's a top down, you know, it, it comes from the top. We have leaders at our district office who, you know, they, they see what needs to be freshened up. I've always appreciated, I mean, I've served on curriculum committees through the years and such, but, you know, we don't settle for, for curriculum. Like we are constantly updating curriculum, you know, and I love right now that they're, they're really digging into ELA and making sure that all of our students can see themselves in the text and the curriculum that they learn every day. Right. So because students we know connect better with curriculum when they can see themselves in that curriculum, you know, and and it does come from the top down, but it also obviously we have to implement that at the building level. But I just feel like, you know, that constant willingness to change and make sure we're meeting kids needs is really important. 
I think we really work hard to listen to our teachers too. So our kids are, our, our teachers are listening to our kids. And then I think we're really working hard to make sure we're listening to teachers. And when they're, when they are, have a need or, you know, almost in the same regard as what we're doing for our kids is, you know, making sure that then we're supporting that need. And I think with our SEL, we jumped right into that getting second step in place and, but, you know, really focusing on that adult piece too. So making sure the adults are good so that they can serve those kids. So I just think all the things we've done is we've really um, worked hard to meet that. We do so many great things, but we also, the reality is there's always more to do, right? (laughs) So like, even though we're talking about like all these wonderful things, like, I feel like there's always work ahead of us, you know, that I feel like that needs to be, to be mentioned that it's an ongoing process for sure. I think you uh, hit it right on the head that there's always an evolution of continuing to progress and look at what's best for our students and for our staff. And I think Rachel, you hit it on the head as well, that our teachers are doing an amazing job, listen to our students, mm-hmm. are continuing to, and they're the ones who are really passionate about it and bringing this into meetings, into conversations, whether there's admin involved or not. They're just trying to do great things for kids on a constant basis. So I, I'm glad you guys highlighted that because <laughs> I know that's something that we see all the time. So you guys started to talk a little bit about this concept of kind of the continuous evolution, but if you could pinpoint highlight What have you really learned over the past couple of years about this topic? I think, I mean, maybe this sounds silly, but that it's so important. (laughs) I think we already know that this is an important topic. Um, I think that, that constant advocating for, for that listening, advocating for students, for time, for, you know, to really, you know, to kind of switch to more of a special ed lens is, you know, we have that constant the need for that inclusive practice really makes it the it's most beneficial when our teachers are able to talk to each other and really plan for these students and making sure that what's happening in the classroom, their students are, are included in, are able to participate as part of it. So I think that's the piece I've really learned is we do need to take that time, um, that collaboration time, the time to plan, the time to think, the time to sit back and say, how did it go? You know, that reflection piece. Inclusion is just so, it's just too important for us to take it lightly. So I think that's what I've really learned, but also giving yourself a little bit of a break too. It's not going to be perfect every time, you know, learning from how we are putting things in place, but definitely the, it just, it's just too important for us to take lightly. That's exactly what I was going to say, Rachel, is the, the time and the collaboration, you know, to make any of these programs really effective teachers, leaders, they all need time to come together. So I think about some of the inclusive practices in our special ed right now, you know, our building has two self-contained classrooms and we have fantastic programs. Peer Buddies is one of them. Uh, it's like Peer Buddy PE, you know? So we have eighth graders who sign up for this mentoring leadership opportunity. And we have our students in the Rise and Aims programs that go down and they do PE together. It is wonderful for everyone involved, right? Mm-hmm. But it does take planning and the scheduling and, you know, it takes a lot of work. So, but it's, it's worth it. You know, we have some co-teaching opportunities going on right now um, for this year in our building and we'll continue them because they've been successful. But, you know, for example, one of our speech and language pathologists, she has a group of students who have speech and language goals as part of their IEP. And she pushes into a social studies class. So we had to schedule, you know, be strategic and scheduling those students to be in that special ed class. So they could have that 
environment, but still receive the services that they need. So it's so good for the kids because they're, it's instead of that, those pullout services, she and the kids are all in the gen ed, you know, environment. And, you know, we just see so much, we, it's not only practicing skills, but when they're in that environment, it's the, it's, it's showing us that, you know, those skills. So there's just, you know, it does take time. It does take collaboration. I will say with our scheduling this year, it has provided a little bit more opportunities for our staff to have some, some increased PD and increased collaboration time. Um, and we've tried to take advantage of every minute of that. And, you know, just having that time to schedule or plan or look at kids' goals or bring more people into the classroom. So it does. Time and collaboration, right? Well, thinking about, you've been talking about next year already, Sherry. I think you mentioned looking at schedules and collaborating. What's what's next for your schools or what are you, what are you thinking about? What's on your mind? Yeah. So I, I mean, I think some things that we definitely want to continue is those equity working groups. I just think we kind of have this, um, the more, you know, the better you do, you know, and I feel like those PD groups for our staff are really good at just letting them come together to collaborate so that they can then implement some new things in the classroom. So, I mean, looking at next year, I think we're, as far as this topic goes, things that we're already targeting are continuing to try to get those co-teaching opportunities. We try to push kids into gen ed classrooms as much as we can, not only from our self-contained, but even if our special education students who are in gen ed, any opportunity to have our groups of kids come together are really important. Another thing that we're really focusing on for next year is that Project Arrow and Math Excel identification making sure that we look beyond kids' test scores and making sure starting at the middle school level and even elementary, I'm sure Rachel would agree, Mm -hmm. that we're giving kids chances for the accelerated programs. I think gone are the days where we use one or two test scores, right, to identify those kids because we know there's so much more to kids and making sure that as we prepare them for high school and beyond that everybody has been given a chance you know, to be in accelerated programs and, and really excel at their own pace. So those are just a few things I know we've talked a lot about, you know, in programming and, and setting up schedules and such for next year. Well, to piggyback off that, I mean, we, I definitely think in the last couple of years, and if you're going to say anything's really good coming out of the pandemic, which I actually think there's a few, few things we could highlight, but is getting away from that piece. I think that's the nice part is we are trying to step a little, you know, we're giving the test, but stepping away from it and really looking at who the kid is and what their need is. I think for us too, though, to kind of go back to more of the special ed piece for me is what's next, you know, is how am I helping to promote promote that, that collaboration among my team members? How am I helping to promote that dynamic, constant like process of how we're meeting kids' needs? You know, just we have a team we're able to meet. How are we using each other to say, hey, this this is where I'm stuck. You know, when we can open up, take a risk, we talk about kids taking risks. I think sometimes as adults, we need to take more risks to, to learn more and put ourselves out there and say, I'm really stuck right now. I, I am not sure what else to to do? How can I do this? So really helping to promote my team to do that too. Cause I think once we get in a comfortable spot, it's easier than to support your students in that way as well. Another thing I would just thought I'd highlight is uh, I think one 
thing we really were able to do this year is with the different zooming and the schedule as it was, we had a lot more mixed groups of kids. It's like we had the whole same lunch hour and the amount of things we could do to include kids from different grade levels and just cross. We, we made so many different friendships that would never have been able to happen in a typical school year. So our social worker has just worked so hard to just pair kids and just include some of those groups of kids that maybe wouldn't have given the chance to. So um, our student ambassadors just, you know, we've had a lot of students who do have special needs who are student ambassador and just watching, you know, empowering with them with that leadership, knowing where they would fit, them being able to rise to the challenge. I think that sometimes we don't um, give as much credit as where credit is due and putting, I think, both teachers and kids in positions that they can really rise and show us what they can do is going to continue to encourage you to do more of that. So I think we've got a lot of really great things in place for kids. Well, thank you both. It's been great listening to all the things that you're doing within your school and just some of your experiences and in other positions you've had in the past about how we're supporting students and, um, and every um, needs that they might have as they enter our school building. I know that sometimes um, inclusive practices is something that we say we've been doing for a long time, but just hearing all the things that you just even mentioned about for next steps is just that constant evolution of the, of the hard work that everyone's putting into place. So we appreciate your time today and thanks for being here. We would like to thank both Rachel and Sherry for their time today. We appreciate you sharing with us the many ways you incorporate inclusive practices within your schools to support all your students. We'd like to thank members of our curriculum instruction team for their leadership on this topic and extend a special thank you to members of our communication department, Janet Julio and Clayton Urbanic for making the podcast happen. If you have any further questions, please email your questions to curriculum at IPSD.org. We thank you for your time today and hope you enjoyed being part of the conversation.